Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dreams, Passing the Test that bring our dreams to pass. And I want to say hello to our Boardman campus. If you're visiting Boardman, my name's Joe Caminetti Sr. I'm the lead pastor here. And today we have a, a special speaker that I'm really excited to introduce to you, someone here on staff. Her name is Terry Zupo. You guys know Steve. He's out there at the Boardman campus, actually. And uh, Terry runs our uh, B-Kids and she has a really cool message that's part of our series. But if you're visiting Borman, you've already experienced incredible worship. Now you're going to be able to hear this incredible message. In my prayer, I sat in this message in, at 8 o'clock in traditional church, and then I sat in it again uh, at the 9 o'clock, and it's life-changing. And I was going to teach it, and it was, as I was preparing, I prepare months ahead, and I just thought, Lord... Who has really had to forgive in a really tough situation? Because this is the pardon test, forgiving. And, and, and Terry came to mind, and she understands it. She's walked in it, and she did such a good job communicating it. So as she comes forward, I uh, want to say hi to all the guys at TCI again, everybody online, and then in Borman here. Can we give it up and say, Terry, we're excited about the word of God you're bringing today. Forgot to turn my mic on there. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, everybody online, those of you at BC Boardman, TCI, it is so good to be here this morning. I said last service, I said it's kind of nice to be eye level with some people when I come to church because I do kids ministry, right? And um, But as Pastor Joe said, I oversee our elementary age students here. And let me tell you what, they are truly the coolest people ever. Um, I want to tell you just a little bit about myself, though. Um, as he said, my husband Steve is over there in Boardman, and we have two kiddos, uh, Stephen Jr., who is 12, and Izzy, who is 9, and they are truly the love of my life. And um, I remember before I ever became a mom, I just always felt like I had this special way with kids. And I felt like I just had a special way to talk to them and show them things. And then I would look at other people and how they trained their kids. And I would be like, I'm going to be so much better. And then I had my kids and I said, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. And don't get me wrong, my kiddos are amazing. Maybe they're even watching me right now on Boardman. You're amazing, okay, just to be clear. But they're also human. And it takes sometimes multiple times teaching our children things, doesn't it? It's like, okay, they're not getting this. Maybe I need to communicate in another way. And really, that's not it at all. It's just we have to be repetitive. And I was thinking about that one day, and I said, how much is that like we are with God, where he has to sometimes tell us things over and over and over again? Or maybe he shows us things and we kind of try to do it, and then we fail miserably. That's me. Okay, I have failed miserably more times than I can count. But I was thinking about that, and it's like the difference, thankfully, between me as a parent and God is that he has way more patience than me. And I love that it doesn't matter if I have failed once, twice, or a hundred times. God does not stand up there and rub his head and say, oh, I give up. 
Oh, it's hopeless. She's never going to get this. But he does the opposite of that. I love that he does not look at our failures, but he sees us and all he sees is potential. And he is always there cheering us on. And so the test that we're talking about today is the pardon test or the test of forgiveness. And some of you are like, oh boy, right? Yeah, you can say all right. It's okay. We're all, it's, hey, no perfect people allowed. This is BC, right? So anyways, I love that we're talking about the story of Joseph. And, you know, the story, this story gives us so many great examples And as we look at Joseph's life, it would have been very easy for him to live his entire life filled with nothing but unforgiveness. Let's take a little glimpse at his life. So here he is, he's 17 years old. He is daddy's favorite, okay? Remember this Joseph, he's the one with the coat of many colors, right? And his brothers despised him. They absolutely hated that he was daddy's favorite. They were so jealous of it that I'm sure that they were pretty cruel to him sometimes. And it got to the point where they were so cruel and they hated him so much that they wanted to kill him. So what did they do? They threw him in the pit. Then they thankfully changed their mind and they saw some traders passing by and said, hey, let's make a little money off of this kid. And so they go and they sell him for 20 measly pieces of silver. So here Joseph is, and he's hearing these negative words towards him. He's feeling some intense rejection, right? What happened? He was totally ripped away from everything that was ever comfortable to him his home, his dad, his life, things where he found his identity were completely ripped away from him. So here he is, he's now off in a new place. So can you imagine the rejection? Can you imagine the bitterness that probably started to form, the anger, right? The hurt, it would have been very easy for him just to live his whole life like that. But I love that we can look in the scriptures and we can look at his life and see that he did not live like that. If we look in Genesis 39.2, it tells us, it says, the Lord was with Joseph and blessed him greatly. Guys, where there's bitterness, where there's anger, where there's unforgiveness, that is a place that God is not able to move. I think that I can confidently stand up here today And if I were to ask every single person in this room at BC Boardman, TCI, and online, if I were to ask every single one of you, I think that you would tell me that there's definitely been, not just one, but probably multiple times in your life where there has been a moment where you've had to forgive somebody, right? I think we all have been there. If not, please tell me your secret. But there's always been a moment where we've had to deal with that. And the thing it comes down to is what we choose to do. It's not that, or we, that we're in that moment, we have those feelings. It's what we choose to do with it from there. So if you're somebody right now and there is something that someone has done to you or said or something like that, and the very thought of this person, the very sound of their name totally makes your stomach turn, then more than likely you're dealing with some unforgiveness. Or maybe when you see something good happening in their life, right? You think, oh, they do not deserve that. Maybe they got that promotion, right? And you said, oh, 
They should not have had that. They do not deserve it. Or maybe you see blessings in their life. They have this big, beautiful house, and they got this fancy new car, and oh, their kids, oh, gag me. Their kids are successful at everything they do, okay? If you're having some of those feelings and thoughts, more than likely you're dealing with some unforgiveness. Or how about if somebody says something good about them? The first thing you want to do is stand up and say, lie. That is not the true them. Let me tell you a few things about that person that I think you should know. Okay? Then more than likely, you're dealing with some unforgiveness. There's a quote that I think all of us probably at one time or another have heard. And it says, to be full of bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that your enemies will die. How silly is that to think that, right? But I think sometimes we do. And we think, you know what? If I feel this way, then it's almost like paying them back. In reality, they have no clue. Because when you're walking in unforgiveness and you're walking around with those feelings, it doesn't ruin their day. It's ruining your day. It's not consuming their thoughts. It's consuming your thoughts. It is not controlling their life. It's controlling your life. And, you know, there was, there's a scripture here actually that I want to read first. But it's out of the book of Ephesians and it's chapter, chapter four, verses 26 and 27. And it says, don't let sin or don't sin by letting your anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Guys, what this is saying is that, you know what? The devil, he only needs just a little thing, a little spot for him to wedge himself in. And walking in unforgiveness can do that. And then all of a sudden, he wedges himself in to where now he can kind of get in and start to damage some different areas in your life that he had no right to be in in the first place. You know, this was well over a decade ago now. There was a time in my life where there was somebody whom I loved and I respected and I was very close with. And they said some things towards me and they acted towards me in a way that I never experienced before. Guys, it didn't just scratch me up a little bit, but it completely crushed me. And what happened was, is I just kept thinking it over and over and over again, day and night. I would think of what they said. I would think of how they said it. I would think of what did that mean and what does that mean for me and how this made me feel. And I literally was just dissecting every single bit of that day. And what happened was, is it just kept growing and growing to the place where it consumed me. And I'm so thankful for our Heavenly Father because he came in and even though I know what the word of God says, sometimes in those moments, it's hard to actually do it. But God kept nudging me. I need you to forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. And I just thought to myself, they don't deserve it. 
And he said, forgive them. And he kept nudging. And finally, I knew, I knew that I needed to do it because forgiveness, it's not something that God highly recommends. It is actually a command from God. And I think that all of us know what the Lord's prayer says. But if we follow right after we say the amen, if we look at verse 14, let me find it here. At verse 14, it says, if we don't forgive others, then our heavenly father will not forgive us. And so I knew at that moment, okay, I need to forgive this person. But I said, God, it is really hard. And so I would just have to constantly remind myself, I'm forgiving them. I choose to forgive. I'm choosing to forgive. And even though my feelings didn't change, even though that person never came and apologized for what they did, I knew that I had to make this, not because I felt like it, but because I wanted to be obedient to God. And there's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it says, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. So sometimes it's a little easier to forgive others, right? Some situations. And then sometimes it can be really difficult. But God doesn't say where the line is. It's just flat out forgiveness. So guys, we have to choose to forgive. And then after we choose to forgive, we can't, we can't figure it all out on our own. I realized very quickly that I needed help from my heavenly father. And the next thing that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to give it to God. Have you ever given somebody something and then taken it back? Well, I think sometimes we do that a lot with God. We try to give him something. We give him our worries. We give him our uh, things that are bothering us. We give him our hurts. But then for some odd reason, we tend to take it back. And so I realized that I was doing that. And God, he's a God of justice. And he says, give it to me and I will take care of it. No longer is it up to you to take care of, but it's up to him. It says that he is the God of justice. It says that he will repay those who deserve it. So God will take care of it in his timing and in his way. But when we give it to him, that is no longer our concern. And there's a scripture in Luke that it's one of those, it's one of those things like you open the Bible and there's just scriptures that pop out at you. And it's like, man, sometimes it's like, did I have to read this today? Because that means you have to work on it, right? And one of those is in the book of Luke. And it says, bless those who curse you and pray for those that hurt you. And I knew if I was going to truly forgive and truly give it to God and not take it back from him, that all of a sudden I'm going to have to develop some muscles, some spiritual muscles. And God was pressing on me once again. He said, I want you to pray for them. Have you ever prayed for somebody that's hurt you? Oh, guys, that was not an easy thing for me. So I said, okay. I want to be obedient to you, but God, this is really hard. And I remember when I started, I couldn't even pray in English. I had to just pray in the Spirit because every single time, I could not say their name without breaking into tears. 
And, but God is so merciful and he knows exactly where you're at. And he says, that's okay, baby steps. He's okay with baby steps, but just start lifting something. And so I started with that. And then finally I started where I could say just a short prayer. And I said, I remember what it was. I said, God, protect them. That was all I could pray. But guess what, guys? I was lifting these weights. I'm like, no, I'm growing in this area. I'm not staying here anymore. And so the next thing, I'm doing this and I'm praying. And before you know it, my prayers got a little longer. God, he's chiseling away all that hardness on my heart that I had to the place where now, you know what? I can actually pray some heartfelt prayers. And it's not just prayers that I'm going through the motions. Sometimes we gotta go through emotions first as God just deals with our heart. So then as time, time's going on here and I'm still dealing with a lot of these things and God said, now he said, I want you to bless them. He said, no more do I want you to say bad things about them. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah, I guess I did that, Lord. And he said, no more do I want you to talk about what happened? It's like, but God, you know all the pain. You know what this did to me. You know how it affected my life. He said, no more. Because you see, guys, when we are there and we have chosen, chosen to forgive and we have given it to God, but then we still stand here and we keep talking about that person negatively. We keep talking about what they did to us and how it affected our life. Do you know what that's doing? That is just peeling off the scab. What God wants to do in you is he wants you to take that step and he wants you to forgive, but then he wants to come in and he wants to heal you. And it is impossible for a wound to heal if you don't stop playing with it. Do I have any scab pickers in here? But guys, when we meditate on something constantly, it only grows. So in order to put a stop to it, we have to change some of the things we do. So we pray for them. Let's stop talking bad about them. Let's stop rehearsing that entire moment every single day. And then lastly, let's show them some kindness. I think all of us have heard to kill someone with kindness. And in reality, sometimes it feels like it's killing us at first, right? <laughs> to take that first step, to do something nice for somebody who, ugh. But if you have ever done this, then you know that the outcome is good. So I'm here today to tell you, if you haven't tried it, do it because it is good. And you know, Joseph was amazing with this. So if we look at his life, so we figured out what happened to him and 13 years went by that he was not with his brothers. 13 years where God dealt with him, where he was giving it to God. And then here we are now in the seven years of famine where Joseph, he's in charge of all of this, where he's giving grains now to other countries and to the people there in Egypt. And so now his brothers, Jacob, their dad, got word, 
hey, they've got some grain for sale in Egypt. You guys go and get some. So here he is. He goes, the, the 10 brothers go to Egypt. Never, I guarantee you, Jacob did, or excuse me, Joseph did not wake up that morning thinking he was going to see his brothers. And when they got there, they did not even recognize him. But Joseph recognized them. And, you know, here they are. They bowed down at his feet. And I love something about the scripture is it actually tells us how Joseph responded. And what that helps me to do is to say, hey, you know what? He was human too. He wasn't like this perfect holier than thou person. He had real feelings. And it says in the Bible, it says that he talked harshly to them. It said that he accused them as spies and then he threw them in jail. But the coolest thing is that is that he didn't stay there. He didn't stay with those thoughts, but God convicted him and he made things right. And guys, that's how we are. It's what we do with it, right? It ended up saying with Joseph how he went ahead and he blessed them and there was a lot of back and forth, but it finally came to the moment where they got reunited and, and he invited them then just to move closer to him. And he said, I'll buy the land and the house, the furniture, everything that you need. You and your families, you just come here. So his dad and all their bro- the brothers and their families all moved close to him. And it's fascinating though to think that through all of this, that his brothers never once apologized. And the thing of it is, is it's because of his relationship with God that he was able to do that. It's because, you know what? He wasn't carrying around all their sin anymore. Oh no, he wasn't carrying around their sin. That was between them and God. And so whoever has done anything to you, guess what, guys? That's between them and God. You don't need to be carrying it around anymore. All you need to worry about is you and God. Where are you? Where are your thoughts? Where are your heart? I wanna keep reading in the book of Genesis because now that the brothers were there, a little time had passed, not too long, and Jacob, their father, died. And after this happened, mind you, the brothers still never apologized. They became very afraid of what Joseph now was gonna do with them. What did this mean for their life? And I wanna read you out of Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. And it says, but now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became afraid. Now Joseph will pay us back for all the evil that we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, forgive your brothers for the great evil that they did to you. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive us. When Joseph received this message, he broke down and he wept. Then his brothers came and they bowed low before him. We are your servants, they said. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I God to judge and punish you? As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. He brought me to a high position that I have today so that I could save the lives of many. No, don't be afraid. Indeed, I myself will take care of you and your families. 
And he spoke very kindly to them and reassured them. How amazing is that verse number 20? As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. And I love this, guys, because God is the same way with us. Whatever was meant for evil on our lives, God can take that and he can turn it to good. And what this tells us is that jo Joseph at this point completely let it go. He's like, God, I'm not carrying this. I'm not gonna meditate on this. I'm not gonna treat them badly. I want your blessings. I want you. I'm gonna let it go. And, you know, that's exactly how we have to be, is we have to let go of the sin of whoever that was that did that to us. We gotta let it go. It's not us to carry. It's not ours to carry. You know, I believe that today that God is here and he sees you. He sees you online. He sees you at TCI and BC Boardman. And he's saying to you, he's saying, just give it to me. I have so much more for you than this. Yeah, maybe this seems really big. Maybe this seems like impossible to change, but God is saying to you today, he's saying, no, give it to me. This is little for me. I have got something so big for you. It is above what you could even think, hope, or imagine. You know, many years ago, um, I don't know how long ago now, but it was a while back. For a short time, we had to put some of our stuff in a storage garage. And we didn't realize that they had a mouse problem at that storage unit. And when we went and we got all of our things out, there was a lot of things that were ruined. One of the things that were ruined was our stove. And guys, it was a nice stove. When you get married, appliances, you, you like appliances. I don't know, it's important. But guys, one of these things was our stove. And at first I saw it and it was really gross. I won't even go into detail, okay? And so we sterilized it multiple times. We're like, okay. And then we used it. And let me say, we didn't know that that little critter got inside underneath the burners and there's fiberglass underneath there and they made a little bed. And what happened was, is the fiberglass ended up killing them. A little kind of grateful for that, okay? But here it was. Now we had this beautiful stove and we thought it was ruined, just absolutely ruined. And we said, you know what? Before we give up on it, let's call in a professional, so who did we call? Many of you know him. He's here in the second row. Mr. Tom Fenstermaker came to our rescue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give it up for Tom. He's amazing. So we called, we called Tom and we said, here's, here's what happened. And he's like, oh, that's easy. He's like, I can fix that. We're like, okay. So he comes out. He takes our oven outside in our driveway and I kid you not, he took every single part of this oven apart, every screw, every bolt, you name it. The only way you even knew that was a stove is because I could see the oven door. 
I looked at that. I think my eyes bulged out. Like, is he ever going to get that back together? Oh my goodness. But he did. Okay. And so here he is and he took bleach and he bleached the entire thing. And he cleaned every germ, every grossness. And then he came in with these new parts and he fixed them and he put them all in place. And then he put the entire oven all back together. And guys, it was like nothing ever happened. It was beautiful. And I believe that's exactly how God is with us. Is guys, we sometimes seem so like something has messed us up so much that we can't even work anymore. But God, the all-powerful, almighty God, is able to come in and he is able to go in and he is able to clean every single part. He is able to go and replace the things that have been broken and damaged. He is able to go back in and he is able to put everything back together, uh, together, every screw, every bolt, every single part of it to the place where we are better than brand new. So this morning, I wanna pray with you. And I believe that there's some of us Some of us have have already gone through this and I I encourage you just to pray for these who haven't, but some of us have been carrying around some unforgiveness and guys, it's hurting you. It's not hurting them. And God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. It's not yours to carry. So this morning I wanna pray with you and we're gonna give it to God. So right now I'm just gonna Invite everybody, BC Boardman, TCI, watching online, those here, let's bow our head and close our eyes. I want you right now to be thinking of that thing or that person, whatever it is that as you've been sitting here, God has just been dealing with you. Maybe you felt that little tug. You felt maybe a little of that uncomfortable feeling. That's God, guys. He wants to do a work in you. Right now, take that thing. I want you to picture yourself grabbing it with your hand. Put it all in there. Don't leave anything behind. That person, the words that they said, the things that they did. God said, I want it all. Don't leave anything out. Picture yourself right now. You're grabbing a hold of all of that. And right now, just picture yourself lifting it up to heaven. And say, God, I choose to forgive them right now. I'm not going to carry this any longer. But Father, I give it to you. I want you to just picture yourself releasing that right now. You're not holding on to it. It's no longer yours, but you're giving it to God. I thank you, Father, right now for every person who has just given that thing to you. 
And I pray, Father, right now that you begin to help them develop some of these spiritual muscles that they need. Help them to be able to pray for this person, to bless this person, and to show them kindness. And I thank you, Father God, that they are just gonna desire more of you. That no longer are they gonna grab it back from you and try to carry it again. But Father, this time, they're giving it all. Father, I thank you that your healing power is moving on the inside of every person right now. Whether they're in this room at BC Boardman, watching online at TCI, I thank you that the healing power of Jesus is moving on the inside of them. We thank you for this. As we're still staying in this attitude of prayer, I have a question to ask you. I'm not gonna ask you to join our church. I'm not gonna ask you if you've been water baptized as an adult or a child. I'm not gonna ask you if you went to church your whole life. I'm not gonna ask you if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God. But I wanna ask you, what have you done with Jesus? Jesus, the Son of God, came down here on this earth in a human body and he died for you in the entire world. He said, he said, if you, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. And all we have to do guys is ask him to be our Lord and savior. So I wanna ask you, have you, has there ever been a moment in your life where you have said, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and savior? And if you hadn't, then you know what? I wanna give you that opportunity today. I'm gonna to say a prayer. And if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, then let's just say this prayer. I'm gonna ask everybody to say it together. So those of you BC Boardman, TCI, those of you online, can we all say this together? Say, Father, I realize that I was born sin-stained. I realize that I need a savior. Right now I repent of all my sins and I look to you, Jesus. And I say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And I make the decision today to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.